Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. If you're a pastor, if you're a volunteer person doing ministry in a local church, Ministry in Motion is for you. Our topic today is the role of Ellen White in the church today, and our guest is Chantelle Klingbeil. Chantelle, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, you're in the Ellen White estate. Mm Explain your role and what you do. Well, I'm an associate director of the Ellen G. White Estate. Uh, I have probably the best or most exciting thing to do. I work particularly with children and youth. And what we want to do, what we're trying to do is pass on the legacy of our church history, and particularly the life and ministry of Ellen White to a new generation that they can appreciate, use, practice, uh, and, and be inspired by this. Wonderful. Okay. Let's explore Ellen White as a person. What, what kind of a person was she? The, the more I hear, the more I see, the more I get to, and I get some sneaky insights, I get to read diaries and personal entries, the more I like this lady. I think as someone I would have liked to have gotten to know. She was down to earth, hands-on, Uh, She was a a woman of her time, born in in 1827. Her life really took the whole bandwidth of all the change and turmoil. She died during the beginnings of the the First World War. So that's a tremendous piece of history that she experienced and that she was a part of. Mm. She was a wife, mother. There's all things that I identify with. Of course, of course. Now, going through her life, it was no bit of roses. What, what, what are some of the challenges that she encountered? Even as a small girl, she had challenges, didn't she? Right. As a, as a nine-year-old, she was hit in the face with a stone, and she was unconscious for several weeks, and she suffered afterwards. She was always weak and had bad health. She struggled with tuberculosis. She was on the point of death many times, a very wow. a difficult childhood. She couldn't complete her schooling because of this, this accident, and that was a, a big blow to her because she was someone who, who had wanted an education. Yeah, back yeah. then. And as a mother, she had her challenges as well? Absolutely. And those I particularly identify with. Mm. Well, fortunately or providentially, I haven't had to identify with all of them. She had four children, but she lost two of her children. She lost her oldest, Henry, when he was 16. And I can only imagine what that must have been like. And then she lost her youngest, John Herbert, when he was just 12 weeks old. Mm. So that... That was a painful experience to go out. And you, you hear in the diary entries, you hear the de- desperate um, appeals of a mother to God and trying every health remedy that they knew back then to, to save the lives of, of her children. Exactly, yeah. Now, one of her children, she, she was a prolific Christian author, and we'll come to that a little later, but one of her children that survived was a bit of a handful as well. That's an understatement. Edson, the second, he seemed to be a handful from the word go, sort of the black sheep of the family. Uh, he grew up, you, you hear in many letters as she writes to him, uh, trying to counsel him. She spent a lot of his childhood, she had to travel, she had various speaking engagements, but she was always a mother. She was always concerned about what was happening with her children. And with Edson, there was always a lot to be concerned about. He would be quite devious, uh, getting up to things uh, that pe- nobody was supposed to know. And then 
going into young adulthood, uh, he became even more of a problem. He had a knack for getting into business deals that would turn out badly oh. and then come running to the parents to bail him out. Oh, yeah. And this would continue. And in later life, he actually be expressed that he doesn't believe in God anymore, that he's not interested in religion anymore, which I guess must have been a big blow to someone that was so involved with missionary outreach, with telling people about Jesus, to have your own child say, I don't buy into any of this anymore. But ultimately, he did come to faith, didn't he? That's the good news. That's what encourages me as a parent. He was 43 years old when he eventually found Jesus. The letter he writes to her is, is ecstatic. She writes back, overjoyed but a little cautious. Is this for real? And it turns out it is for real. And all of that devious nature beforehand, he turns around and he applies. He's, he's absolutely stubborn at pushing through afterwards down, down in the south of the United States, pushing the gospel message down there in very hard circumstances. Mm. Uh, he becomes a really great and powerful missionary. So for me, the moral of the story is don't give up praying for your kids. Exactly, exactly. Now, Ellen White, she, she wrote quite vast amounts. Just tell us a little about some of the the things that she's written and, and, and the volume of what she's written. It's impressive. We have about 100,000 manuscript pages. It's extraordinary, isn't it? It is extraordinary, the sheer volume. But what also impresses me is the wide range. Of course, she writes about, well, everything she writes is in the context of the struggle between good and evil, between Christ and Satan, what we call the great controversy theme. But she manages, you would think that's just something that has to do with our religious realm. But she points out and, and through her writings really extends into everything, family life, child rearing, health, education, um, civil rights of her day, uh, different social issues of her day. It, it, she touches on everything. Of course, history, uh, it's just phenomenal. Right. Now, she's not only been recognised by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, but others have recognised mm -hmm. her as well. Share a little about that. Well, we had recently the Smithsonian magazine that, that actually brought out an issue of the 100 most important uh, Americans of all time. And, and she made it into, into that, you know, along with George Washington and, and Jefferson and the other big names. Uh, she's in there under religious leaders. But she's become recognized a, a lot as well for her social and temperance, anti-slavery views and work, and particularly her role as a woman uh, in this time when women were not public figures as, as a strong leader. Of, of a movement in so many realms. Certainly an amazing woman. Absolutely. Yeah. When we come back after the break, Chantel, I'd love to explore what people regard of her in her prophetic ministry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is she or was she a prophet? And how do we... Can we check that out just a little? All right. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the role of Ellen White in the church today and our guest is Chantelle Klingbeil. Now Chantelle, in the first section of today's program we explored Ellen White as a person. Let me ask you this question. Was Ellen White one with the spiritual gift of prophecy? I would say yes. Okay. Quite Why? categorically. I know that sounds really strange, especially in our day and age. It, it's sort of prophets and saints, and it, they belong to another era. But the gift of God, the gift of prophecy, because it's not something a person generates, it's like the gift of teaching or the gift of leadership or any other spiritual gift, is something that God has promised to his church. It was very present in the Old Testament. And it's very prominent in the New Testament. We have many with the prophetic gift, some for just a moment, some for writing entire books. So it's an ongoing gift. Uh, Joel speaks about it. He says, in the end times, he will pour out his spirit on the young men, the old men, even the young woman. Mm. And they will dream dreams. They will see visions. So it, it's something not, not weird or strange when we look at a biblical reality. And that reference in Joel was quoted again in, in Acts, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So the gift of prophecy, it's in the New Testament as well? Absolutely. The New Testament is full of it. It seems if we look back at each major event in history, God raises a prophet because we're told God does nothing without telling his servants, the prophets. So God tells people when he's about to do something and what he's about to do. Um, of course, this doesn't replace the Bible. This doesn't pull away from the Bible. This highlights and draws the audience's attention back to a prophetic event, to a happening, the birth of the New Testament church, the spreading of the church across the borders, out of the, the camp of Israel. All of these are marked with prophecy, the gift of prophecy in mm. the church. Now, we've, we've assumed that prophecy can be for both men and women. Mm -hmm. Is this scripturally founded? Well, definitely. We have lots of examples in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, we have also, I'm just thinking back to Joel, where it mm -hmm. says specifically men and women. But we have Old Testament references to Huldah, the prophetess. We don't know anything written by her, but she's an established prophet, prophetess that we go back to. We know that Philip had seven daughters who had the gift of prophecy in the New Testament. Mm. So it's not a strange thing that women would also have this gift. Exactly. So let's, let's come on now to how Ellen White relates to the Bible a little more. Mm -hmm. Now, we've already discovered that she wrote prolifically. Mm -hmm. how, how do her words equate with the Bible? This is probably the big question. People would often say, well, if we had the Bible, why do we need something more? Others would say, uh, do her writings replace the Bible? Do we interpret the Bible through her writings? And I, I would say no to all of these. It, much like the Old Testament and the New Testament, the prophetic gift is given, but we're told that there are false prophets and there mm -hmm. will be false prophets. So when it seems that someone has a prophetic gift, we need to test them. And the Bible is the rule of faith and practice. We use the Bible to test a prophet. And how do we do that? Talk well, us through well, it. Well, there are definite texts in the Bible. There are tests of a prophet. Uh, there are several, four or five, that you could mm -hmm. actually go through. Some you can are instantaneous. 
Some may take a little longer. We probably have to observe for a little and, and make sure that uh, it's developing. For one, by your fruits, you will know them. That will take a bit longer. What is the, the fruits of this ministry? Does it draw people to God or does it pull people away from God? Does it establish the Bible and the truths of the Bible or does it lead away from the Bible to a cult person? Mm. That would be one of the, te the tests of a prophet. Another, another of the tests of a prophet, of course, would be, does it contradict the Bible? Mm. Can we test it by the Bible? If a prophetic message contradicts the Bible, it must be a different spirit that's inspiring that particular test. Another would be fulfilled prophecies. Right. Uh, if a prophet, a prophet doesn't always, we often think that a prophet is just someone who foretells the future. That's a very small part of prophetic, uh, the prophetic gift. It's really for encouraging and building up in the present. But there is that, that test element in it. If a prophet says that such and such will happen and it doesn't happen, well, that should definitely raise a question mark as mm. to whether or not this is a true prophet. Yeah. So there are a series of very practical hands-on tests that one can run through. Exactly. Now, how, how did Ellen White relate to Jesus of Nazareth? Um, she, she wrote a number of books that, that focused on Christ. Um, how, how did she portray and how did she present Jesus? One can quite safely say that Ellen was a woman in love. Right. She was in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. From a little girl, when she had that bad accident, uh, she, was, she had um, several weeks of terror when she thought of dying and she thought of burning in hell. And this terrorized her as a, as a, small, as a small girl. And then she was introduced to Jesus. Mm. And he became her hope her salvation, her, her freedom. And that relationship just grew and, and became more intense after she got this, this gift. It was a gift I would say that she didn't want. <laughs> she was shy. She was retiring by nature. She didn't want to be out there in front talking and, and carrying these messages. So she was shy by nature, but she picked it up. She went forward with it totally dependent on Jesus, and she kept realizing her need for Jesus. Yeah. I find it fascinating that in her writings, she has over 800 different titles for Jesus, me, different ways of, of speaking of him. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Like 800. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really describing somebody that's, that's thought long and deeply and significantly about mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Wow. And in her diary entries, which I always find, you know, that little personal aside, she, she would often break out into a paragraph of, oh, lovely Jesus, beautiful Jesus, if only I could become more like my Jesus. I need to walk closer to him. I want to be more like him. Mm. Uh, and she would often break out using scriptural texts. He's the fairest of 10,000, the lover of my soul. One of her favorite hymns as well, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. Wow, wow. And the, the books that she's written that particularly focus on Jesus Christ, there's De Desire of Ages, mm -hmm. Steps to Christ, mm -hmm. Christ Object mm -hmm. Lessons. They're, they're wonderful books indeed, aren't they? Yeah. My favorites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what I'd like to also discuss with you, Chantelle, is in, in particular, in some Seventh-day Adventist churches, Ellen White is quoted 
And how do we responsibly quote her in our churches today? Uh, it's, it's an ongoing issue, mm-hmm. and I think it, it really would be helpful if we could explore that together. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the role of Ellen White in the church today and our special guest is Chantelle Klingbeil. Now Chantelle, the use of Ellen White in the church today, let's, let's come to the key point here. How should she be referred to? How should she be responsibly quoted? Well, I like that word, responsibly quoted. I think we need to approach Ellen White's writings the same as we approach Scripture. Now, let me just interrupt you there. Now, is that to say that her writings are to be regarded as equal with Scripture? Remember, we spoke a little bit earlier about the tests of a prophet. Her writings writings are tested by the Scripture. Mm -hmm. The Scripture is our rule of faith and practice. But on the other hand, I would like to say that if she passes the tests, the same spirit that inspired Scripture inspired her writing. So it's something that I want to take seriously, but I want to approach responsibly as I approach scripture responsibly. But let's just make sure that our viewers understand this. The the Bible does carry a unique authority Mm -hmm. for for the world and throughout history Mm -hmm. that Ellen White's writings don't have. She liked to, she referred to her own writings as the lesser light pointing to the greater light. Exactly. And I think that's to keep that balance, uh, the, the one hand is to say Ellen White's writings somehow supersede the Bible. They're more important than the Bible. They get quoted more than the Bible. And that would be the one extreme. And the other extreme would be to say, you know what? I can ignore her writings. I can ignore her because I have the Bible. Yeah. If the Bible is pointing to extra help, mm-hmm. I'd better take it. If it's the same spirit that's inspired the Bible, that's inspired her writings, I'm the loser if I'm not listening. Right. Now let's come back to the contextual comment that you wanted to make. Yes. um, When we approach her writings, we need to do the same as we do with the Bible. If we believe that the same spirit inspires Mm -hmm. this, you can't pull a verse out of context and use it. Ellen White's writings, she's written a lot. Remember that 100,000 manuscript page? You can find anything you like. You can twist it to make it mean anything you like. You can look for startling statements. But what you need to do is consider all of her writings on a particular topic before drawing conclusions, before actually saying this is what she said, rather than taking a quote out of isolation. I think that's, that would save a lot of heartache yeah. and a lot of misuse and turning people off what is a really a great gift that's been given to us. So how, how does a reader today find that background about a specific passage that she, she wrote mm-hmm. and, and penned for us? Well, there'd be a lot of ways to do it. In, in previous times, it was an index that you could look up particular words, particular phrases. Uh, today, it's never been easier. egwwritings.org Everything she wrote is on there and it's searchable. 
So you just type in the phrase and you will get 1,200 mm -hmm. different uses of, the, uses of that particular phrase or whatever. So it's very easy. There's also on our website and on egwwritings.org, there is an address. So if you're stuck, if you're in perplexity, you can write to us and we will gladly supply any background that, that you could want to help you as you explore for yourself. That's very helpful indeed. Okay. So what about in church debates mm -hmm. when, you know, people are, let's, let's talk about reality, are mm -hmm. emotional, they're discussing things that mean a lot and there's diversity mm -hmm. of opinion. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes a, a, a quote is produced, often a biblical quote, often one from Ellen White. Mm -hmm. How do, how do we navigate through that minefield? Well, particularly amongst our young people, something that they resent very much is when Ellen White is used as the clincher for any argumentation. A little bit like uh, we do as parents, when we're not too sure about something and our children say, but why should I? Then we say, because I said so. Ah. And using Ellen White in, a, in that, that way as the end all, let's not talk about it, let's not work through it, let's not figure this one out just because she said so. Um, that is definitely not a way she was meant to be used. She's meant to open the discussion, not close the discussion. Mm. And let's face it, if we do not, if you haven't discovered Ellen White's writings for yourself, if you haven't applied them personally, if you haven't seen the value in them for a positive Christian experience, it's no good trying to thump someone else over the head with them because you're not going to produce a positive effect. This is very much first taking the beam or the split, yeah, the beam out of my own eye before I try pulling the splint out of someone else's eye. Mm. I think her, her writings are to be appreciated personally before I try to make any applications to anyone else. Okay. So somebody who is new um, may not have read too much of, mm -hmm. of this woman's writings. Where, where would you suggest that they start? Well, that's a question I'm asked all the time, and my answer is a resounding depends. Okay, all right. <laughs> what, what are your interests? What, where does it itch mm -hmm. uh, in, in your life? Where are your needs? There is definitely something to meet your needs. Uh, if you're interested in health, if you're interested in lifestyle issues, perhaps you want to begin over there. And what books would you, would okay. you recommend there? That would be Ministry of Healing, Perhaps, mm -hmm. or councils on diet and foods. If you're interested into, in health and fitness and wellness, if you are not sure what you're interested in, then I would introduce you with Steps to Christ or Desire of Ages. Those are my favorite. And that meets, meets, introduces you to Jesus. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Chantel. And we want to thank you for joining us today on Ministry in Motion, a fascinating topic exploring an amazing woman who achieved so much in her life. If you'd like to learn more about uh, Ministry in Motion and the resources that we have available for you, come to our website, ministryinmotion.tv, and there you'll there's a ton of stuff that will bless you and your ministry. But join us next time on Ministry in Motion, and until then, may God bless you.